we're talking, I mean, I'm five, seven. Um, and I, there were parts of the wall where the steps dealt a different height difference was about up to my hip area. So literally I'm climbing on all fours, trying to get up the wall because you can't just, you know, hop, skip and jump up. It's impossible. Like you're literally climbing. Welcome to Part-Time Athletes, a podcast that interviews everyday people about their fitness journeys. That was Anika, and today she's going to talk about her running journey from how she first got started to running a sub-two half marathon. She's also a plant-based vegan athlete, so we do talk a little bit about how she came to the plant-based diet and how it affects her running. Um, I'm also plant-based, although not quite vegan. I would say like 80% vegan. Uh, But don't worry, hardcore carnivores out there, you don't need to turn this episode off. We're not going to try to convert you. Um, This is just like a window into somebody else's training experience. So don't worry, we're not going to try to convert you. So take your hand off of that stop button or back button. Anyway, let's get started, athletes. So what motivated you to start running? Oh, where should I start? <laughs> so I, I've i always been, I guess I consider myself, you know, athlete, sort of say. Um, I I played softball back in high school, um, but I, I used to run just leisurely, you know, after high school and, and while in college and even after college, but never really considered myself a runner. Um, I moved to the Dallas-Fort Worth area back in 2011, and I really was just trying to find like a network of um, a community and people just to kind of connect with and hang out with. And I stumbled upon this uh, running group, uh, Black Girls Run, at the time that was in my local area. It was, you know, just kind of reached out to them and say, hey, I don't know what you guys do, but I'm not a big runner, um, but I would like to come out, you know, and hang out and just network and run. Little did I know that these women were like runners and really serious about it. Um, So here I am going out with, you know, my, my just regular old workout clothes, nothing running, you know, specific as far as shoes and any of that. And um, met up with some wonderful ladies um, in the area where I was located at the time. And I just fell in love with just a camaraderie um, and just a small native of the running community. Um, a lot of the women at the time was traveling and just doing so many different uh, races that I had no idea that idea existed. So um, I did a couch to 5k program and just really started off from there um, and just really fell in love with it, um, how it made me feel. And of course, you know, the physical benefits of it, you know, of losing weight and, you know, feeling good. But um, above all, it was really just a camaraderie of, you know, having women that was on the pavement that looked like me, um, that all had a common goal just to finish. It wasn't about how fast you ran, how slow you ran. Um, It was just about getting out and just moving. And so that really motivated me and started and kind of kick-started my journey into long distance running. Um, and, um, yeah, that's kind of really how I started. So from there, I, um, became a, a run lead and, um, then kind of went into the role of a, uh, coordinator, 
um, ambassador for the Dallas-Fort Worth area where we led over 500 women. And so from there, and I started to travel and, and started doing races in other uh, states and have this goal of finishing 50, all 50 states and uh, seven continents. So uh, that's really kind of where it started for me. And so now you're running full marathons, but can you tell us how your first 5K went? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so funny, funny story. I never, so my first 5K was way after I had did other races. So oh, really? I, my first, yeah. So that's so funny because <laughs> you my first it. race, I, I did. So I skipped the whole 5K. I'm like, hey, I'm running. I can do more than a 5K, which, yeah, I don't know. At that time, I just was being very optimistic. And it wasn't too bad, but I, I went into a 10K. And um, it was one of the hottest races in the Texas area. If you know anything about like Dallas, Fort Worth area, it gets hot. And in the summertime, it's humid. And um, I remember this had to be about uh, about three months after I really started getting into running and training, you know, um, into it. And um, halfway through the race, I felt like crap. I'm like, what am I doing? Why did I do this? I shouldn't have done this. This is not, you know, this is not what I want to sign up for. And of course, after the race, I'm like, okay, when's the next race? So yep. um, it, <laughs> every it, time. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it was, you know, it was a learning experience. One, um, to just really put some reality behind uh, properly training and having a proper uh, shoes and a proper, you know, gear. And even just being, you know, ready from a hydration standpoint and fueling you know, effectively and just having all those things that I don't think at the time I really took in consideration because I was just really on that runner's high of I train, you know, I can do this. I'm just going to go out there and run my first race. So um, I finished, I finished and I crossed that finish line. And, you know, as you can attest to <laughs> when you're done, it's like, okay, when's the next one? Because I think I can do better and I want to do better. Right. And you're always still chasing that, you know, that next high. And of course, I'm getting it now into the PRs of, okay, I can beat my my time before that. So um, that was, you know, like I said, that was an eye-opening experience. Um, but it, it it just, I don't know, it fueled something in me that I'm like, I, I never want to stop because it's just an amazing feeling. Uh, so how many years ago was that? How long have you been running? Oh, man. Yeah. So that, that race was back in 2013. Yeah, okay, wow. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really You've been doing it for a while. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I've been doing it for, for a good little while. I didn't think I was going to be um, running this long, you know, after that first meetup. But yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. And so when did you do your first full marathon and how did that go? Because I love hearing people's first marathon stories. <laughs> 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 yeah, so my first full marathon, so I'm originally from New Orleans, and um, I told myself, you know, if I'm going to do a full marathon, I'm going to go back home, I'm going to do it in a city where I can get some support, some core support and all that good stuff and just have a really good time. So I did a rock and roll um, marathon, full marathon, and it was a blast. I mean, if, you, if you've ever ran that race, whether it was a 5k, 10k, or even a half, um, it's a party on a pavement. Um, all of my BGM, you know, family was out there. All of MBMA was out there. Just all of the running community just around, you know, um, the country. 
that was out there. Um, I had an amazing time. It was good. I went in with one goal and that was to finish. And that's exactly what I did. So I would tell you with that race, it is a perfect race for a half marathon. After the half marathon, the course is slim pickings. You get one or two people every mile. It's hot. Um, even though it's, I think that race, it starts because it, it varies. It either is in like February, March time, just depending on, it's really always centered around Mardi Gras. So depending on when Mardi Gras, what day Mardi Gras falls on, um, that's when it, you know, they kind of determine when that race is going to start. So it's either in the February, March time frame. it starts off really cool, but it gets hot, you know, as the, as the time progresses, And so that the second half of that marathon, it was like hell. <laughs> I felt <laughs> horrible. I remember calling my dad because he came out um, around mile eight. And that was the only person I remember sitting on the course, mind you. So he came ar- ar- around mile eight. And I remember telling him, look, I need you to be at this spot at, you know, because this is going to be mile eight or nine or something. So that gave me some motivation. But I also need you to be at this spot because I knew after just talking to, you know, my running community and just different people and reading up on the race that the course support gets really slim. Um, and he couldn't get there. So I, I remember calling like, where are you? I'm, I'm headed to this spot. I need this. Um, I needed some, I think I needed some like water or something because like even the, the hydration uh, stations, they didn't have anyone mining them. So there were, you know, people coming back and forth, bringing water and bringing electrolytes and stuff to the station. And they, didn't, they didn't have anything. Um, and he was stuck in traffic and couldn't get to the point to where I was. So um, I, I managed wow. through. Yeah, I managed through. And there were like neighbors, you know, local people in the area that was literally just coming out and just putting stuff on the table to help, you know, the runners out. But it was tough. It was tough because at that point, I'm sure I hit the wall. And it was kind of a mind over matter, right? Where yeah. you're you're telling yourself that you can go, but my legs would not move. Um, I started cramping because it started getting so hot. I normally would have some type of salt or sodium. Um, I had gave my pickle juice away on the course to someone else that was cramping. So I didn't have any salt. I didn't have anything. So it was pretty tough that second half um, getting through. So I just kind of started, you know, really kind of doing intervals and just really talking, talking to myself and just um, really just self-motivating, right? Just really self-motivating and saying, hey, look, you got to get through this. You signed up for this. You got to get to the end because at the end of the day, I have to get back home. So I have to get to my car. So I have to get there some kind of way. So I ended up getting to the end, finishing. Um, but I felt like, I felt like crap. I felt like crap. Because that second half, it just, it, it just takes, uh, it, it takes that, that mental headspace. It, it, it takes it away. Um, when you're going into a race, you know, like I said, it was my first marathon going into that. And I'm so used to that core support, you know, throughout the entire race. So that was another eye opening experience of, you know, how I need to approach these races and a game plan and not to really focus on the external, you know, support and just have to really dig deep within and like, okay, look, this is the plan. This is how you go. Be prepared, have everything that you need. Don't give away your last because you never know if you're going to need it. Um, and just, you know, just make sure that you have what you need in order to get through. 
And then you signed up for another one. <laughs> of course, of course. That's how we runners roll. <laughs> um, so when did the plant-based diet going vegan come into it? Yeah, so that happened around the 2015, I want to say 2015 or 2016 mark. I always get that kind of, I always mess myself up there. It was either 2015 or 2016. Um, I had started really getting into the rhythm of running. Um, full marathons, uh, I, I enjoy them, but at the time I was working um, a whole lot. Training was just not, you know, I just couldn't train as as I would love to, you know, for full marathons. So I really found my jam in the half marathons. That was kind of my sweet spot. I think every runner has, you know, that perfect distance that they enjoy. Um, a half marathon was where I can maintain my, my, my mileage throughout the week. I can maintain my workouts, um, without really overexerting myself and, and having a time to do it. So I was, um, training to, to do sub sub two. So I had, um, I, I was every race I was doing for half marathons. I was getting close, getting close. I was you know, a minute off, you know, a couple seconds off there, but I just couldn't get it. And so it was between that and really trying to um, also ramp up to qualify for Boston, where I started looking at, okay, what do I need to, 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 to consider to tweak as part of my, as part of a part of my training. And so um, I, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to consider cutting out meat. I had, of course, watched a couple of documentaries, had talked to a couple of people in the running community. Um, and so I was like, I'm, I'm going to try this. And so it was a transitional period for me because I went from pescatarian to vegetarian and then to vegan plant-based. Um, but I did a detox. I did a 30-day detox. It was a bitter herbal detox where I really just try to rid as much as, you know, toxins from my body um, as possible uh, to prepare for myself to go on this, this new journey, right? And so as part of the detox, um, I needed to eat plant-based, um, preferably raw, raw diet, um, which I didn't do raw, but for the most part, it was, it was not for the most part, it was all plant-based, but for the most part, I did some, you know, raw meals or whatever. And so at that point, um, I started really fine tuning, you know, my workouts, making sure that I'm getting balanced meals and, um, just doing a lot of research when it came to, you know, plant-based and um, immersing myself in it from an athletic standpoint, because I had this whole myth in my head, well, how am I going to get enough protein? How am I going to be able to fuel my body during these long runs or whatnot? And I, you know, I kid you not, um, within the first couple weeks, I felt a huge difference. And the difference that I felt was more so from my recovery, right? So I would do these long runs, you know, 10, 12 miles, and I would feel like crap afterwards. Um, the inflammation just was there. I mean, you're, you're pounding, you're running, um, maintaining, a, you know, at that time I was maintaining like an 830, 845 um, uh, pace. And I'm just, you know, you're beating your body up. And so when I really started to, you know, dive into plant-based, um, I just started feeling lighter. I wasn't sluggish. Um, it just was a whole total tea difference. And so I was, I was really sold after I did the 30 days and was like, I'm, I'm never going back. This is, this is what I'm going to do. So I, I, I signed up for, um, the San Diego, I think it was San Diego rock, rock and roll. And I was like, I'm going to try to, you know, get a sub two there. And I did, I got it and three minutes under, 
Um, wow, two, three two minutes hours. under. <laughs> three minutes. I That's like, awesome. <laughs> it was amazing. It was amazing feeling. I remember running with the pacer and I'm normally one of those people, like if I'm running with a pacer, I really don't like pacers to like think their their miles or the time, um, think their time or whatever. Um, I like to be on, you know, on target. So if I'm running way faster, I didn't now, you know, slow, slow down because I don't want to overexert myself. Um, right. But I got to, I think I was almost like a, a mile, a mile out from the, um, maybe a mile and a half, almost two, maybe um, from the finish. And I'm like, okay, am I going to make it? And um, the the pacer looked at me and was like, you good. You have a, more than enough time. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? I didn't want to, you know, I didn't like that because I didn't want to <laughs> yeah. you know, sell my short, sell myself too short there. So I just maintained my pace and I finished. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I did it. So yeah, it was, yeah, it wasn't until I, I transitioned um, where I started to see those optimum levels, right? And I started really getting maximum benefits from out of my, my runs and my workouts and um, just really, you know, um, feeling better, of course, but um, doing, doing exceptionally well on, on the, on the pavement and compared to. And so I think one of the biggest misconceptions about like plant-based diets, especially for athletes is about the protein. So I know I'm reading Roar right now by Dr. Stacey Sims, and she's like super big on whey protein which mm-hmm. obviously doesn't fit the plant-based diet. Um, so what do you, how do you get your protein just for all the people? Yeah. Cause I'm sure there's people that are like plant-based. Well, how do you like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 I get my proteins from just eating foods. So that's that, that's one of the biggest misconceptions that, you know, how do you get your proteins as a plant-based diet? Proteins is in everything, all plants, have proteins and they're just generally in low quantities in compared to an animal source, right? So my leafy greens, vegetables, beans, legumes, nuts, seeds, um, you name it, I, I eat it from a plant-based standpoint. So it's it's really um ensuring that you have, and specifically for me when I'm like racing, when I'm actually training, just making sure that I have a balanced, well-rounded meal that has, you know, uh, a good amount of carbohydrates, you know, my complex carbs, my proteins, my fats. Um, I don't usually uh, count calories or any kind of micronutrients um, because I eat, you know, a pretty much well-rounded meal. However, you know, when you're running, you're exerting a lot of energy, you're burning a lot of calories. And so in order for me to um, make sure that I'm not burning as much as I'm putting in, I do like to, you know, make my meals where it's high in calorie um, and have a, you know, a good balance of fats and proteins. So but for proteins, I mean, everything that we eat um, as far as plants, it, it generally plant-based generally has some amount of protein. It's just green plus quantities. a legume. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> So what do you think has been like in your running journey so far, the biggest challenge for you as far as like your training or hitting your goals? Yeah. Yeah. I would say um, it's, I, I think I got to a point where I kind of plateaued, right. Where I was, I was at a kind of a, a standstill of um, 
my levels of, well, it was more so my time in, in my racing, right? And so I had to really take myself out of the headspace of always racing, 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 racing myself. That's all who we're all running against, unless I'm, a, you know, an elite athlete. I'm not far from an elite athlete, but really take myself out of a headspace of uh, racing and really step back and just enjoying it. Um, because I got to a point where um, I got I got burnt out. Like I was running so much, I was training so much. Um, I just didn't have time to do anything else. And so I think you know a, a part of you know that plateau is just really um, getting burnt out as well. Um, and really going back into it with a why I, I started this, um, and, and not making it, you know, too much of a feel like too much of a job. Um, because I would, you know, I'll be training, like my weekends will be literally running, you know, I go to work, come home, I'm running, <laughs> I'm always running to keep my mileage up, you know, to a certain level. So if any time I want to just sign up for a race, I call, you know, we call it, you know, race ready, right? You're always ready to be able to run. So um, I don't know. I think, yeah, between just not hitting that plateau and getting discouraged, um, finding that balance for, you know, um, when it doesn't feel like something more than just, you know, the, the enjoyment of running and going back to your, your why of why you did it, whether it's from a physical standpoint, whether it's just from mentally space to just get on the pavement and just let it all out um, or whatever, you know, it, it, it pulls at you. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so you said before that you want to do a race in all 50 states. So how far have you gotten so far? So I am at 25. Wow, you're halfway there already. <laughs> I am. I am. I, I, yeah. And so to be honest, the last couple of years, I have not been doing um, many races outside of like my local races where I wasn't at the, at the, at the time, just because I didn't have the time to do it. Um, so yeah, I, um, I kind of took a, a, a backseat of traveling to say the least and of course well, you know, last year you have a big excuse <laughs> I was gonna say of course COVID hit and then huh, yeah that <laughs> that happened so um yeah so I'm excited to get back in a groove of things and get back on that journey so yeah at one point in time I, I was literally every weekend yeah I was somewhere doing a race doing something um running somewhere and just what was your favorite one? Oh, that's a that's a good question. I always get asked that. <laughs> I want to say San Diego was my favorite because, of course, I PR'd on that one, and that was just you know that was my kind of initiation into really learning about fueling my body and from a plant based standpoint. Um, but you know what? I would also say um, I did the Great Wall Marathon in China. Oh, and really? Yes. Yes. Oh so, my gosh. That's awesome. I've been there once, but we were, we went during the off season and it was super sketchy because there weren't any of the regular buses. So we got off one bus and then there's just like literally like 40 men, right? Like they circle you because they all want you to take their unmarked taxi. So <laughs> Yes. 
Yeah, that race, that trip was interesting, but that race, um, I said it was my, I said it, I'm going to say it's one of my favorites because it was challenging. I would say that I'm not, I I wouldn't particularly say it was one of my favorite races. um, Is it on the actual wall? Yeah. So it is on the wall. Yep. Yep. You start, you start just at the base of the wall, but the wall itself, I mean, you're running. I want to say it's only, yeah, it, it is. And it's, you know, you're literally climbing. So it's not, you know, it's, it's definitely not a race that's about finishing at a certain time because it's impossible to try to finish that, you know, within four hours or so. Um, there is a cutoff. So how that race works is you start at the base of the, um, the wall and then you run basically up the wall. Then once you come down one side of the wall, then you're into the villages area. Right. And so the heart of the actual race is in the villages where it's very, very, um, hilly, um, and challenging. And it was hard. It was extremely hard. And then you come back and you meet back up in the, um, at the base of the wall, you have to be back there by a certain cutoff time. If you're not back there at that cutoff time, then you're disqualified from finishing. Basically, they'll they'll turn you away. So you're having to be back there at that wall, um, whatever. I can't remember what that cutoff time is. I, I should know this, but um, you have to be at that that cutoff time. Once you get there, then you're gonna run the second half of the wall again. And basically do do what you just did again, but just in a different direction. Um, and that's that's kind of how you get the full marathon out of it. So, but we're 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 talking, I mean, I'm five seven. Um, and I, there were parts of the wall where the steps um delta difference, height difference was about up to my hip area. So literally I'm climbing on all fours trying to get up the wall because you can't just, you know, hop, skip and jump up. It's impossible. Like you're literally climbing. So um, it was challenging. It was very challenging. And were you jet lagged or did you get there before the race? No. Yeah, we, we went, I went with marathon tours, um, which is a great organization. They did a phenomenal job. with putting everything together. So we got there about three days it was a two 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 and a half days like two and a half days before the actual race so you get an opportunity to the day before get an opportunity to walk the actual wall and get a feel for it so we did about a a three mile four mile walk just um climbing up it just to kind of get a feel for it they call it like an inspection day that you're required to to basically consent that you know what you're getting yourself into just in case you signed up for this race um you know the day before so yeah we had an opportunity to you know really um get some rest and 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 rest and get an uh, opportunity to to walk the wall and um and uh yeah and do the race so it's uh it was it was not a you know it it's it you you use more than just your your legs. That's what I would say. So you're using muscles that you don't normally use in just traditional vertical running. <laughs> yeah, I'm just imagining the wall, and I'm like, I can't imagine running on that because it's yeah. <laughs> it, it was, and I mean, you're we're talking, you know, thousands of people at the same time. We're yeah, it's oh, I I don't know if I would ever be able to do that race thinking about the crowds too, because yeah. 
it's one of those once in a lifetime, if you ever want to do something that's challenging, um, beautiful scenery. The scenery was beautiful. The wall itself was beautiful. Uh, I want to warn scenery. people, though, outside of the wall, I I, I studied abroad in um, Shanghai and we, and I took a trip to Beijing. I freaking hate Beijing. <laughs> <laughs> I really I, hate it. There, people were so rude, and I, yes. I didn't experience that much racism in Shanghai because it's more international city. But in China, I had so many people that were just like said derogatory things to my face, and yes. I think part of it was because they didn't know that I could understand them. But my Chinese was pretty good back then, so it was like <laughs> I remember explaining. My friends and I went to buy um, those knockoff purses. <laughs> Yeah. I remember like this one girl asking me, how can you be American if you're black? And I went into this full on discussion. I was like, America is a diverse society and blah, blah, blah. And she just like turned her nose up at me and like looked away. Yeah. yeah and that's why, that's why I kind of say it. it's a love hate relationship. Not like it's a, that was one of my best races as far as challenging part, but the actual like Beijing itself um, and even outskirts of the, the Beijing, you know, Beijing area where the race is, you know, on the Great Wall, I I wouldn't recommend it. I didn't, I did not like it. I did not like being there. I felt like a skeptical, a spectacle there. Um, of course, you know, um, and and you can just tell the disconnect that they have with um, just the outside world. It, it just, it wasn't being black in Beijing is not a thing. I just did not like it. It's, it's not, not fun. A, yeah. <laughs> no, it's not a place that I would be just like, oh yeah, I'm going back to Beijing. No, never again. No. Yeah. I mean, Shanghai was much better. If you're going to go to China, go to Shanghai, go to Huangshan and climb thousands of stairs, but you can skip Beijing. <laughs> <That's> not <laughs> running related, but just in case you're thinking about it. <laughs> um moving on back to running stuff so what (laughs) what do you think besides um the sub two half marathon was there any other moment during your training where you just felt like this is it or like super proud of yourself um not yeah not necessarily um I, I I think I think every time after I hit the sub two and getting either a sub two or close to a sub two was always a moment for me um, because I always you know I just always worked really hard to 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 maintain that and to be able to run at that pace. So um, my goal has always been to you know um, run Boston, but I I'm I'm I'm, I'm of the mindset of like I don't want to run Boston as a lottery pick. Like I don't want to do. Uh, my um, fundraiser, you know, I want to qualify. I want to run it because I feel like I qualify to run it. And not, and this is not to say that anybody doesn't qualify for it. This is just my own competitiveness with myself and um, how I like to approach races. And so, you know, at one point in time, that that was always one of my goals is to run it. And it's still my goal. I just kind of stepped back, you know, from full marathon training um, just when it took a lot of time. So yeah, outside of really just continuing to maintain running sub sub twos and getting as close as possible to sub twos for half marathons without it feeling like too much work um is it's always a problem for me and okay last <laughs> is there any project that you're working on that you want to talk about like or your catering business that you want to let anyone know about 
Yeah, yeah. So I um I have a catering uh, company. It's Okra Vegan Meals. I just transitioned from the Kansas City area to the DFW area. So we are now full fledged, open and operating. Just got it finalized. It has been a long road. Um, where I offer catering, full plant based catering. Um, services as well as meal prep. So we're working on rolling out some cooking virtual classes as well as on-site cooking classes. Um, so if you guys are ever in the DFW area or if you are in the DFW area and you're looking for some um, alternatives and you you may not be plant-based and you're looking you know, to maybe dive into it, uh, definitely hit me up um, on, on Instagram at uh, shit underscore vegans underscore eat. I know that's a uh, I get a, a lot of questions on my name there, um, but um, we were working on our website to finalize that, and we should have that up and running within the next month or so um, when you guys can connect. But yep, other than that, you can uh, also send me a quick email at okra vegan meals. Uh, oh, I carbo c a r b as in boy o at okra vegan meals dot com. That's awesome. I'm gonna have to look out for those um, virtual cooking classes. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Another thing that I'm working on is product development. So I'm a a passion cook. Um, I really love, love, love flavors. And when I really started diving into veganism and plant-based cooking, um, I've always cooked, but not on the plant-based cooking side. Um, I, I enjoyed flavors and enjoyed just spices and a variety of, uh, of cooking. So I've created quite a bit of um, some sauces and spices, but my one go-to that I have perfected to the T and my clients here in the, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and as well as some clients that I got a chance to um, really test test it out in the Kansas City area is my uh, gumbo-ish. I am, I am proud of it. It's been something I work really hard to mimic, um, considering I'm from New Orleans, considering, you know, that's that's something that's, it's always been a no-no, you don't veganize gumbo. And so I've had my fair share of them and I enjoy them all, um, but I really enjoy mine and I'm hoping one day to get in stores where it can be readily available for everyone to try it. Ooh, I hope so. I'm doing, um, I've gotten a couple of free boxes of every plate and that's one of the things that I've been enjoying is like actually using spices because I don't actually buy spices normally. So <laughs> that'll oh, be exciting to have another spice to look forward to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Get in the kitchen, play with spices. I'm a big advocate of um, cooking, but I, I like to approach it from the perspective of like you, you feel the foods, you taste the foods, you play with the foods, get creative with the foods um, because you're more prone to eat more healthier when you're doing it opposed to when you're going to the restaurant. We don't question um, what's in our food. We don't question, you know, how it's prepared, what's it's prepared with. So um, I'm a big advocate of, you know, I can cook for you, but I want you to learn how to cook and want you to feel good about that because that's something I think that is an art that is um, kind of really falling by the wayside as, uh, you know, our newer gen- our next generations is coming up. So play with your food, something that your parents probably told you not to do. (laughs) (laughs) All right, athletes, that's all the time we have for today's episode. I want to say thanks again to Anika 
for making the time to do the interview. It was a lot of fun chatting with you and I'm super excited to check out your website and your offerings once they're live. If you want to get in touch with Anika, visit her on Instagram, as she mentioned, at shit underscore vegans underscore eat. Definitely go look at all the beautiful food pictures, but maybe not when you're hungry. (laughs) Um, So I know the show hasn't been super consistent as it was with season one, um, but thank you for continuing to support the show. And I do have more episodes coming. Make sure to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, It's at Brie Outside, and I'll let you know when a new episode drops. If you'd like to be on the show, seriously, don't hesitate to message me. Um, You can message me on any of those platforms at Brie Outside or email parttimeathletespodcast at gmail.com. And if you visit uh, brieoutside.com, all the links and the email addresses, they're all there. Um, Actually, one of the reasons why the show hasn't been as consistent for season two is because um, it is difficult booking guests. So especially um, the types of guests I like to book, which are real, authentic people, um, not just people trying to sell you something because, you know, everybody's trying to market something to you these days. Um, And I know we talk about uh, my guests' projects and maybe what they're working on. Um, but they're certainly not trying to sell you anything. It's just, uh, I, this show is completely self-funded by yours truly. Uh, so I can't afford to pay guests. So I do like to let them kind of just promote their work or tell us what they're working on outside of running and outside of whatever sport that they play a little bit. So kind of as a thank you and thank you for their time. So But anyway, (laughs) that's all for this week. Um, Please tune in for another episode of Part-Time Athletes.